2: Talk Radio.
1: It's that time again. You've tuned in to Dr. Low Radio. Welcome back to another show. I'm Dr. Lauren Noel, your host, and thanks so much for joining me. And I just want to say thank you to all my faithful listeners for tuning into me every week and for leaving such nice reviews on uh, the iTunes podcast. I really appreciate that. I read all of those and it just warms my heart. So, thank you so much for those of you who have done that. And I do read them. So, I like to see what you guys have to say. So, thank you for that. Tonight's show, we are talking to the amazing Isabella Wentz, the author of my favorite book on Hashimoto's, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis. We're talking all about the thyroid tonight and what to do from a natural medicine perspective. My goal tonight is to really empower you to know more about your health, like what you can do, what are some some tools you have to get well, how to look into this for yourself and know that it's a lot more than just, okay, be put on this medication and that's all that you really have. There's so much more to this condition. So I'm really excited to talk to Isabella tonight before I bring her on the air. I just want to give you guys a few announcements. Uh, first thing is, we're having a one year anniversary party for my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine. We opened a little over a year ago, and we want to celebrate. So, if you're in the San Diego, San Diego area, I'd love to have you come and join us. November 19th, it's a Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. We're going to have music, we're going to have healthy food healthy and delicious food. Yes, you can have both. We're going to have um, really great giveaways and drawings. And I promise if you guys come, you will walk away with something you'll be really excited about. So come and join us at Shine Natural Medicine. You can get our information at shinenaturalmedicine.com. This is where I see patients locally here in San Diego. And I work with patients all over the country. So if you you feel like you're working with your doctor, maybe not getting the results you want, or maybe you haven't worked with a doctor in a long time and it's time to look into some things, I would be happy to work with you. To learn more about me, DrLaurenNoel.com. You can read up About me, and then give us a call if you are interested. So on to tonight's show. Isabella Wentz is amazing. I have had the opportunity of meeting her at a couple different conferences, and she's just lovely, and she's super smart, super adorable, and really lucky to have her on the show tonight. So. Here's her bio. Isabella Wentz is a pharmacist who has dedicated herself to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis herself in 2009. She's the author of the best-selling patient guide, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, and she's a co-producer of the Hashimoto's Institute. You can learn more about her at thyroidpharmacist.com, and she has a free gift on that website at com slash gift. So, Isabella, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio.
3: Thank you so much, Lauren. It's it's such a pleasure to be here speaking with you. Yeah,
1: it's so great to see, to, to talk to you. I know I saw you recently just a couple weeks ago. So what country are you in now? Are you in the U.S.? Are you out in Europe? Where are you? <laughs> I'm in Chicago right now and
3: heading to Louisiana tomorrow, and then Amsterdam on the 30th. Wow.
1: Well, I'm glad we got to catch you in the U.S., so you're not having to get up in the middle of the night to talk to me on the airwaves. I know that I I think you were willing to do that, (laughs) but I'm glad that we we have you on a somewhat normal schedule.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely wanted, I was willing, I really wanted to be on your show, so I was like, even if it's 2 a.m., let's make it happen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad that I don't have to tax my adrenals because we know how those important how important those are to thyroid health.
1: We do know how important it is. You can keep your health and grace us with your presence. So, and then where's Michael? Is he traveling with you, or is he back at home?
3: He's flying in tomorrow. So my brother is getting married in Louisiana on Saturday, and Michael's flying in for the wedding.
1: Oh, that'll be fun. Awesome. Well, I We're I, really I I've never been. I don't think I've ever been to Louisiana. I'm pretty sure, but I want to go down there for some Creole food sometime soon. So enjoy it, soak it up. <laughs> yeah, my sister-in-law is a future sister-in-law is an amazing
3: um, paleo chef, and she cooks Southern paleo.
4: Oh,
1: nice! So that will be a yummy wedding, I'm sure. Right? Some good food there. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're very spoiled to have her um, join our family soon. Totally good addition to the family. Well, I am just so I'm, I'm amazed by the success you've had with this book. I know you really did it as, as a labor of love and just kind of putting all your knowledge and frustrations and successes and everything into a book. And I'm sure it's just amazed you of how much people have, how well it's been received. I mean, you have like almost I think like 500 five star reviews or something crazy on Amazon. It's insane. Did you ever expect this kind of response?
3: No, I didn't. And I'll tell you a little story of how the book came to be. So when I was diagnosed in Hashimoto's in 2009, I was, you know, I was going through a lot of brain fog, as a lot of people with Hashimoto's do. And I was searching all this stuff out online, and I was going to medical journals and, you know, conferences and trying to learn as much as I possibly could, you know, going through old textbooks, buying new textbooks. And then I started to kind of... You know, I kept forgetting everything that I was doing, so I just started taking notes for myself to to try to keep track of everything. And then after about a year of taking notes, I decided it was time to implement. So I was very, very skeptical. I was, you know, a consultant pharmacist, and I worked in a very traditional setting where we didn't – nobody ate a gluten-free diet unless they were diagnosed celiac. So I was kind of like, you know, there's gluten-free stuff. I don't know if it's going to work. And it took me about a year to try it. Once I tried the gluten-free, dairy-free diet, I got so much better that my mom, who's a medical doctor from Poland, told me that I absolutely needed to write this in a book and that we needed to make this as a patient guide to make it available to other people going through the condition and that she was going to take it upon herself to translate it in Polish so that our family members in, ha- in Poland with Hashimoto's could benefit from it as well. Wow. And so we, I really just started it for myself and for my little cousin in Poland who, as of this summer, is now on a gluten-free diet. So I'm very psyched about that.
1: That's great. And, yeah, even the way that you write it in your book, it's very conversational. It's like you're talking to someone sitting right in front of you. It's not, you know, like – super formal and like, you know, medical ease. It's just very easy to understand and I and I appreciated that. Even though I speak medical ease, I appreciated reading through this because it's it's easy to follow. So that I think that's probably why it's also so well received because people feel like they can really follow it.
3: Right. You know, one of the things that I I heard somewhere, and I don't know if it was Einstein or, or some, some other smart person, but basically <laughs> they said if you can't explain something in very simple terms that means you probably don't understand it well enough yourself. So, I really wanted to get to the bottom of of all of the you know medical terminology that we see in medical literature, and I wanted to say you know how can I teach somebody this information that is maybe um, you know maybe has had some college or some high school education, but hasn't doesn't have a doctorate degree like
1: like you or I do, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you you did it very very well, and I'd love to hear more about how how this all unfolded for you. So you said you went gluten free, dairy free. You noticed so much of, in, of improvement. What happened after that? What was your the rest of your journey like in, in this area of of managing this?
3: Well, I guess I should say that what kind of symptoms I had before I went gluten and dairy free, because I um you know I was really suffering like many people with Hashimoto do. I had really bad fatigue, so I would sleep for 12 hours a night and wake up not feeling refreshed. I was really, really anxious. I had carpal tunnel in both arms. So you can imagine how silly I looked trying to um, be at work at a keyboard with like two giant you know, arm <laughs> splinters trying to keep my, um, my wrists stable so that they didn't irritate my carpal tunnel and i also had really bad acid reflux as well as irritable bowel syndrome i had thyroid antibodies in the 2000 range and i was i had subclinical hypothyroidism when i was diagnosed so within 3 days of going on this gluten-free dairy-free diet my acid reflux that i had for 3 years just disappeared and this acid reflux i was you know i was sleeping like upright pretty much to not choke at night. And I was coughing and on multiple medications for, you know, um, for three years almost. And it was just amazing the the power of removing foods that aren't working for you. So that was a really first, um, my first kind of dive into the natural medicine world. And at that point, you know, I was still skeptical. So I I kind of, it was like a mystery for me because I, I kept unraveling different pieces of the puzzle and different things that I I could do. Um, what I should have done is gone to a doctor like yourself who who could have really given me um, <laughs> kind of like a shortcut to it rather than doing it for you know three three years myself. So it actually took me three years to really unravel um, my you know my Hashimoto's. Uh, the other things that I found were were a big issue for me were nutrient deficiencies.
5: Mm-hmm. So. Selenium was one of
3: the big ones, and then vitamin D. Um, also, the B vitamins, I was very much deficient in those. And Which So B vitamins, B. vitamins, the B vitamins, pretty much all of them across the board. So thiamine, B12, um, B6. And I, you know, once I started doing those things, my energy levels picked up, and I, I just started to get a little bit better Every test I had after was better, and you know, I had a journal of all of my symptoms. And every month that I would journal, I would look back at my original list of symptoms, and I was amazed to be able to cross off one by one. The more um, I kept up with my with my nutrition and with with the supplements, the the other thing I found was that um, I also had reacted to some other foods, not just gluten and dairy, but I also was sensitive to nuts and, um, and eggs for a little while. So those are some of the things that I would have people start with is looking at their, their diet. So whether they're, their um, you know, paleo diet is a really great diet or an autoimmune paleo diet for, for people who are already gluten-free, but not getting results. And, um, the other big thing that made a huge difference in in my journey was actually figuring out that I had low stomach acid. So the acid reflux that I had, you know, the traditional theory behind that is that you your body's producing too much acid. And so I had been taking all of these acid suppressing medications like Pepsid and Prilosec and um, Prevacid. I had Nexium. I had tried them all just to try to suppress my stomach acid. And I was really doing myself a disservice because, that may be deficient in um, the B vitamins. It made me more likely to develop low stomach acid, which then was more likely to lead to more food sensitivities. And what I um, was shocked to find in the medical literature is that low stomach acid is actually a big thing in people with Hashimoto's. So I started taking betaine with pepsin, and that was that was like night and day. So overnight, I felt, you know, have you have you ever seen the movie uh, Limitless with Bradley Cooper?
1: No, but he's really hot. I should see it very soon.
3: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you should see it. So I think, I think you'll like it for, you know, <laughs> for obvious reasons. And right. the other part of this movie is that in this movie, he's kind of this really, you know, lazy, unmotivated guy, and he just, he wants to be a writer, but he can't get himself together. He lives in this messy apartment, and he's just very just feels you know very unmotivated and sluggish and and kind of tired and and whatnot and I um and then he he, you know I wouldn't recommend doing this but he finds a drug dealer that gives him this amazing new drug that basically turns his entire life around and he wakes up with having all this energy and he feels smarter and he feels brighter and just um healthier overall so I felt like that after I I Took betaine pepsin with a protein containing meal. So, for the first time in, in I don't know how many years, I was actually able to digest my food properly. And it was amazing because I, I was already on thyroid meds then, and I went from sleeping 11 hours a night to 8 hours a night and waking up refreshed. And I just had much better energy throughout the day. And I also, you know, I was finally able to do all the things I wanted to do. And that was I guess um, I'm giving you a really long background story, but that was when I first decided that I was going to overcome Hashimoto's. That was um, over, I guess, uh, January of 2012 was when I was really um, determined, and I, I decided, okay, time to write that book, time to really take charge of my health, and time, you know, I have the energy now to do this. And for the first time in, you know, almost eight years, I felt like myself again, so I wow. had been battling with fatigue since um, since my freshman year in college. So that summer is when I, I got mono um, before, and then the effects of it just carried on for a while.
5: So that mm-hmm. was
3: that. Um, and then as, you know, as I'm sure what you deal with with your patients is the combination of nutrient deficiencies, adrenal issues, and then gut issues and, and impaired ability to get rid of toxins um and i had all of those things which which one do you want to talk about
4: which one mm-hmm. is your favorite i know
1: it's it's <laughs> like such a Thick plot. There's so many things, and I and I love how you give so many little details about your story because it wasn't like oh this one thing happened then I got Hashimoto's. It was like this perfect storm of, you know, getting um, Epstein-Barr virus, right, and your first year of college or you know as a freshman, and then and then stress probably from from school, and then nutrient deficiencies, and then you're having this heartburn, so you take this Nexium, which decreases your stomach acid even more and then you can't absorb your b vitamins which is making you exhausted so you have to sleep 12 hours a night i mean all these things it's like with all these things combined and of course when you're taking these acid blocking drugs it creates this environment in your gut that just allows for just a breeding ground of all kinds of bad things you know so then you get dysbiosis and that further contributes to leaky gut so it's like a long big list of things that happen so Before we jump into one thing, let's kind of take a step back because I know there's going – I really want this show to be something that's like, it's kind of like uh, sort of beginning to end when it comes to Hashimoto's, like what is it, how does it develop, what are some things you can do naturally, how to recognize it, making it a little bit more basic, and then we can dive into some of the kind of specialty things you can do to address it. So let's take a step back for people who aren't familiar with Hashimoto's or maybe they just had a recent diagnosis. What is it? And what does it mean, autoimmune? Like, give kind of the the background information, then we can dive into it a bit further.
3: Sure. I think that's a great place to start. Hashimoto's is, as you said, it's an autoimmune condition that affects the thyroid. So basically, our immune system, for some reason or another, it has decided that our very own thyroid gland is an enemy, and the immune system begins to attack the thyroid gland. And this leads to destruction of the gland and therefore the the gland is no longer able to produce thyroid hormone, which essentially needs to be um, used in every cell in the body. So thyroid hormone regulates our temperature and metabolism. And if, if the thyroid hormone is off, our temperature is going to be off and certain reactions that are supposed to happen are not going to happen. And we see a lot of Symptoms you know we see a lot of um people have trouble with weight gain, people have trouble with their energy levels, and then people may also have trouble with moods so um cold intolerance is another big classical symptom, hair loss is another classical symptom you know we can um we could spend the whole show talking about the symptoms because there are so many um many of them are non specific and and like you know the thyroid effects about every organ system in the body but um, it's very, very common when people ask me, you know, kind of what I do or whatnot and I talk about Hashimoto's, they say, oh, wow, that sounds so exotic and so rare. And it's not. It um, There are studies that have been done in Colorado at health screenings that found that about 20% of people have circulating antibodies to their own thyroids. So that means that their thyroid has begin or their immune system has begun to recognize their thyroid as an enemy and has started producing antibodies towards the thyroid. The um, antibodies are an early indication of Hashimoto's. And when people have had antibodies for a certain amount of time, you know, it it depends on the person. For some people it happens quicker. For some people it may take a longer time. Eventually the immune system will, will destroy the thyroid and start destroying it. Um, some people may have thyroid antibodies for as, as long as 10 years before they notice a change in thyroid hormone, but they may have really weird symptoms like anxiety or palpitations or just, you know, just a general feeling of of feeling off or fatigue or depressed without really having those thyroid hormone levels um, reflected on a test that a traditional doctor would do.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the symptoms can kind of fluctuate, right? Like you can have symptoms of low thyroid and hyperthyroid if you have Hashimoto's because when the destruction happens, that can dump out thyroid hormones, right? Is this something that you've you've seen?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of, you know, when I went to pharmacy school, I remember we had this book, and you probably had a similar book. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you went to sc- um, medical school, and they had a picture that of a woman split in half and half of her was hypothyroid, and the other one was hyperthyroid and You mm-hmm. saw that the the woman with low thyroid activity was very fatigued and sluggish, and then the woman on the right on the right side with the with the overactive thyroid was very um hyperactive, had palpitations had nervousness and um you know what happens in Hashimoto is you actually get the You know, I call it the best of both worlds in the beginning, which, of course, I'm being sarcastic, but you unfortunately get symptoms of both hyper and hypothyroidism as your thyroid gets attacked by the immune system. Um, Packets of thyroid hormone are rushed into the blood, and this causes a transient swing of having too much thyroid hormone. So, you know, people will have symptoms of really bad anxiety. They'll have palpitations, and they'll just feel... You know, terrible. As a result of this, they may see hair loss. They may actually be losing weight when they're in these upswings, and then eventually the thyroid levels will swing down, and then they'll have symptoms like memory memory loss and cold intolerance. So yeah, it really it, it Hashimoto's really can be um, something that makes people like feel like they're going crazy because of the swings in the thyroid hormone. I, I've seen people who have actually been misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, with um panic attacks, with anxiety disorders. And I, I've even had one um client who was hospitalized for for psychosis because of her um her nuance Hashimoto's with the with the influx of the thyroid hormone that was causing this um hyperthyroidism like hyperthyroid induced um like psychosis.
1: Wow. That is madness. Wow, and it's so unfortunate, yeah. right? Yeah. someone like that, then they're put on medications for their, you know, psychological disorder when it's really just a thyroid problem.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So people will be placed on lithium for bipolar disorder, and that further damages the thyroid gland, which, right. which you know, which is just awful. So um, what I'm really excited about and proud about is, I've heard from a lot of a lot of people will share um the book with their doctors and in their clinics and I have a lot of um mm-hmm. clinics that will write to me and they'll talk about how they now for every psychiatric patient or every person who it comes to them with a psychological diagnosis they will screen them for thyroid and they, they'll find oh. a big percentage of people will have thyroid antibodies and sometimes all you need to do is treat the thyroid, and all of a sudden, you're, you know, not in every case, of course, but all of a sudden, your bipolar disorder or your anxiety or your depression um, mm-hmm. just resolves without having yeah. to, to use all of those um, psychiatric drugs that can be very, very damaging.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing that the patients who I see that come in with thyroid disorder don't even know. We address it, and they're just, they just, bounce back. They just seem brighter. They just say, I feel like I am myself again. It's amazing just the connection between the thyroid and, and your mood. So it's really, really amazing. And also, I, I, I've, had, I've dealt with this personally myself. I, I haven't had antibodies to my thyroid, but I've dealt with the thyroid condition since I was 14. So it's something I, it, I totally understand how it feels when it's sluggish. And when it's working well, I feel great. It's just It's great. And I've learned how to really manage it. But again, it's like it's more than just addressing the thyroid, like you're saying it's really like full body, and we'll we'll dive into that. So speaking of antibodies, um, so how is this diagnosed? What are the tests people should be asking for? And is is this missed often? Do doctors misdiagnose this?
4: Yeah,
3: oh my goodness. So this is often missed. Um the standard screening test for for thyroid disease is the thyroid stimulating hormone test for the listeners, and it's abbreviated as T S H. But, um, as you know, when they first determined the normal reference range for that test, they had a whole bunch of people's blood in that in that pool of blood that they were testing, and they had people in there with thyroid disease, and so the reference range was really lax, so people with really high TSH numbers, which um, you know which we know are are indicative of low thyroid function, would be missed because the reference ranges were not correct. Um, so that is one test and I would say most people should have a TSH under two point five for for not having low thyroid. And most, you know, base speaking with people, most of them feel best with a TSH between point five and two. I personally feel best with it somewhere right around one. If um you know, if it's if it's at four, which is what, where it was when it was initially tested, and I was told that my thyroid was normal. I, you know, I would be sleeping for 12 hours and taking multiple wow. naps throughout the day. Um, so that is, you know, it's a test that I think you should do for sure, but it's not my favorite test because it misses so much. And sometimes you have, um, in the early phases, you might, you know, you might test one day and you'll come out in the normal range and the next day you'll come out in the low range, and the next day you'll come out in the high range, just because of the swings up and down. So the best tests, in my opinion, are actually thyroid antibody tests. And there's two that I think are very important for Hashimoto's. They're TPO antibodies and then TG antibodies. So they're um, thyroid peroxidase antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies that are basically indicators that your immune system has begun to Uh, recognize the thyroid as a foreign invader. So if you have those tests, that is an indicator that you have Hashimoto's. And a lot of times, you know, what I like to do is, I I really think it will be great to prevent the damage to the thyroid once it occurs or before it occurs. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, some people, once you get their autoimmune attack under control, you may be able to regenerate thyroid tissue, but it happens lot slower, and it's a lot harder to do than it is to prevent the damage.
1: Mm-hmm. So looking at the ranges for the antibodies, what would be – because I know for myself with, with TPO, antibodies for patients, I'll treat something over 25 is when I start to step in and go, okay, let's start to address this autoimmune process. It might not necessarily be high enough that it warrants a classical diagnosis of Hashimoto's, but we start to see that the thyroid is being attacked. Um And with the thyroid globulin antibodies, um, over one. It depends on the reference range from the lab. Sometimes they'll use different Mm -hmm. units of measurement. That's usually when I'll step in. So is there a range that you typically would would look at?
3: You know, for me, the lower the better. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. anything above, um, depending on the reference range you use, anything above a 35 is considered um, positive for Hashimoto's. Anything above uh, 500 is considered aggressive. And you know, the higher the antibodies, the quicker you are having thyroid hormone destruction. So, yeah, I I would say anybody with with anything over 20 would be a good of the TPOs would be a good indication to to start looking at the processes and you know changing your diet around and looking at whether or not you have um, nutrient deficiencies, adrenal issues, or, or some sort of infections or toxins that are causing your immune system to be off.
1: Yeah, how much of a connection is gluten with Hashimoto's? Because I, I usually have patients, when they when we see antibodies to the thyroid, I say you got to go gluten-free, and it's probably going to be for life, just to be really honest with you. And it's like, wow, really? Oh, man, you know, and then it's like, okay, they, they let the shock kind of hit them, and then they start to cut it out, and they feel better. So, I mean, I even just clinically, I see such a I mean, the one thing, if you're going to do one thing, that's the biggest thing is the gluten, but definitely dairy too. So how much of a connection are you seeing with gluten and Hashimoto's?
3: You know, I, I want to do a formal survey at some point, but yeah, just about everybody that, so there, the reason why I first got interested in gluten was because I found a study connecting celiac, subclinical hypothyroidism, and Hashimoto's with gluten. So a certain percentage of people, and I believe it was about 19 or 20 percent, were able to completely reverse their Hashimoto's by going gluten-free. And wow. so they were able to get rid of their thyroid antibodies and their subclinical, hypothyroidism uh, went into remission so they they didn't need any thyroid medications their thyroid labs normalized so I think there's a certain percentage of people that I'll see that'll you know that I'll consult with or that I'll read my book or or read a blog post that I wrote and they'll say wow I tried gluten-free for three months and wow you know I feel amazing and my my thyroid condition is in complete remission and so I love stories like that. And it's, um, I think, important for everybody to go gluten-free because mm-hmm. there's um, there's some theories out there that the gluten particles look similar to the thyroid. And there's something, one of the autoimmune theories is, is known as molecular mimicry, which basically means that the immune system, you know, the way I like to think of it is, is it takes out its iPhone, it takes a little snapshot of a protein it doesn't like, in the case of um, glu- or celiac disease or gluten intolerance, it's the the gluten protein, and sort of walks around with, with this little snapshot and looks for anything similar, and that the thyroid um, gland has proteins similar enough to the gluten protein that in the cases of autoimmune disease or a confused immune system, there may be some cross-reactivity. So every time a person ingests gluten, the immune system attacks the gluten molecule as well as the thyroid because why not it looks like gluten?
2: Mm -hmm. That's a good way to
3: explain it. So
2: I think that's a simple way of
3: explaining it. (laughs) Um, Clinically, I think, you know, in my experience, just I've had everybody that's gone into remission has been gluten-free. Everybody that feels, some people will feel tremendously better going gluten-free. They will not go into remission, but they will feel better. And then some people will, you know, won't feel any different on the gluten free diet. Um, I wish I had some percentages from that. I, I would estimate about twenty to thirty percent don't feel any different. And in that case, I would recommend doing additional food sensitivities and looking at gut infections or, or other kind of underlying things. Um, I will hear random stories from people who will write to me that'll say, Oh, I didn't have to go gluten free and i went into remission because you know i cut out stress from my life or you know somebody cut out dairy and that you know that for me are they're kind of like the unicorns <laughs> i'm not quite sure if they exist or not but um the, there is some some people out there that claim to be able to get into remission without going gluten free but uh, for most people that's not the case
1: yeah definitely the exception Okay, so I want to go into a few, couple things, and then I will open it up to the phone lines for a few calls. We'll have to keep the calls kind of short because I have a lot I want to cover. This is I love this topic, and I'm just excited to have you on. So for the callers waiting, 989, I'll take you first, and then um, 540. And uh, if you guys listening want to call and ask a question, the number is 818-495-6919. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about triggers. Um, you mentioned a viral infection for yourself. We've talked about things like leaky gut, maybe things like parasites, bacteria. There's a lot of things that could be an initial trigger. Kind of talk about, like, how this shows up for people and sort of the progression of what happens with Hashimoto's and how it's, you know, very individualized.
3: Yeah, so, you know, usually the, the autoimmune theories will say that you have a combination of of the right kind of genes so you have the genetic susceptibility to develop an autoimmune condition, which um, you know, a a big percentage of people do. I, I believe, um yeah, you know, I don't have the statistics out there, but it, you know, a huge percentage of us have the predisposition. And then the next step is going to be having a trigger, whether that is a virus or toxin or a nutrient deficiency or some sort of a other pathogen like a bacteria or parasite, um, that is the second part of it that needs to be present. And then the third part is intestinal permeability. So it, it's that combination of the perfect form of those three things that actually causes us to develop an autoimmune condition. So um, what's really exciting about this, and this is you know one of the research papers I found on my own journey from Dr. Alessio Fasano is that all three of those things need to be present for an autoimmune condition to develop. So so basically, um, you have to have the genes, you have to have the triggers, and you have to have the the leaky gut. So what really excited me about this is that, you know, obviously we can't change our genes, but we can change one of the other two. So we could either identify the triggers and remove them and then no longer have the the autoimmune condition goes into remission, or we can try to address the intestinal permeability and figure, figure out the root causes of that, and that can help somebody get into remission as well. So, um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's a genetic condition and I'm a slave to my genes. There's nothing nothing I can do about this. Well, I think that's, you know, that has not been shown in the research. The They've done a lot of studies with identical twins and in, in a purely genetic condition, you would have, um, you know, the one twin, if one twin is was affected, there would be a 100% chance of the other twin affected. But in Hashimoto's, it's only about 50%, which means that our environment plays a really big role. Um, what's kind of cool about this is, you know, my my mom is an identical twin and my aunt actually had Graves' disease, which went into remission, but my mom never had any thyroid disease. So that just means that your genes are not your destiny. And I I I have that example very close in my very own family.
1: Wow, fascinating. Well, speaking of environment, how about toxins? So endocrine disruptors, other toxins, how do those play into this?
3: You know, I kind of get upset every time I talk about this because they're Mm -hmm. just everywhere. So, I mean, there's um, chloride in our water supplies. There's bromine in our baked goods. There are um, halogens in our bedding, so... We have, um, you know, our mattresses are covered with with these halogens so that we don't set ourselves on fire if we forget if we're sleeping with a cigarette and, you know, light our bed on fire, which is, I, I guess, great for people who smoke, but for those of us that are, you know, trying to lead a healthy lifestyle, these um, halogens can actually cross-react with the thyroid and can cause an up, um, you know, uh, attack, on upregulation of the autoimmune process um some of us are more genetically susceptible so there's the MTHFR gene variation that many people with with autoimmune disorders will have and that prevents us from getting rid of toxins properly and and these things you know it, it's just very hard because they accumulate all around us um things like mercury in our fillings so those silver fillings that you know I, I guess people used to think they looked good back in the day, Um, they contain a potential thyroid toxin that can really um, cause an upregulation of autoimmune process. And some people have been able to greatly reduce their thyroid antibodies by getting rid of those mercury fillings. And it just, um, you know, one thing that I, I try to think about without going crazy is, is you know they're the endocrine disruptors are in makeup they're in cleaning supplies they're in you know all of these personal care products so when I was going through my research and journey I was just you know I I sort of became very disgusted with this whole thing and I I went on this like big beauty detox where I was like oh my gosh I went into my bathroom and I threw away all of my cleaning supplies. I threw away, you know, all of my makeup and all of my, my lotions with um all of these chemicals in them because, you know, you're absorbing all this stuff through your skin and it it's affecting your body. So right.
4: for people
3: who want to be protected, I would I would I would say, you know, get a reverse osmosis filter so you don't get fluoride into in your drinking water. Um don't use fluoridated toothpaste. Uh, fluoride back in the day before um, thyroid suppressing drugs was used for people with an overactive thyroid. So, you know, the when you're looking at their research, the dosages of fluoride that we're getting from our tap water can, can be enough to suppress the thyroid. So reverse osmosis filter is a good way to get that out. Um, I like a toothpaste by Designs for Health. They have one with which is a probiotic toothpaste because – you know, mm-hmm. tooth decay is not caused by a lack of fluoride, it's caused by an excess of sugar as well as bad bacteria in the mouth. Cool. And
2: yeah, going
3: that. on like Oh yeah, and they, the the Designs for Health has an awesome toothpaste. It's um there's a fennel flavor and I believe a mint flavor. That's a probiotic toothpaste. Yeah, that that's awesome.
1: That. I didn't know about that toothpaste. Thank you for that little pearl. <laughs>
3: Great. It's very tasty, too, so it, it's it you don't spit it out that's the only thing you have to get used to because you want to let the probiotics stay in your mouth and do their do their good work.
1: Oh, fascinating well, huge connection with your teeth and your thyroid, and you know i I tell patients that your thyroid's kind of like a sponge right in the front of your neck, so anything that's in your mouth is very close to the thyroid, so it can absolutely affect your thyroid health, especially heavy metals like mercury fillings and Um, really important uh, to get all of that addressed. And I know that people listening are going, oh, my God, there's so many things. How can I possibly address everything? Really, when it comes down to it, you just got to start learning about these issues and one-by-one You know, like you said, detox your bathroom and your kitchen and and all of that because you can't really control the environmental exposures, right, when you're out and about outside so much, depending on where you live. But Mm -hmm. you can control what you eat at home. You can control what you clean with. You can control what you put on your body, the kind of makeup you use. That kind of stuff should be really dialed in and really clean because that's in your hands. And, you know, we know the Environmental Working Group, they've done a lot of research about this, looking at different kinds of pesticides you eat in your food. If you cut out those dirty dozens, right, the top foods that have the the, the most toxins, um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Google dirty dozen, you will reduce your exposure to of pesticides by over 90% in your food. It makes your, your blood levels go way down. So there's a lot you can do with your diet and what you're putting on your body. And never put something on your body you wouldn't put in your mouth. It might not taste good, but it should be that clean. So really important when we're addressing something like Hashimoto's, when it's a very kind of multi-dimensional condition, and you got to clean it up in, in all different facets. Yeah, I
3: I totally agree. And I think it seems overwhelming at
1: first. And I have a,
2: a
3: chapter in my book about toxins, and it just talks about some of the things you can start. I've got action stuff at the end. It just talks about some of the things you can implement in your life right now and just taking one step in the right direction will help you feel better so just switching Absolutely. up your, your toothpaste or switching um getting a water filter or you know or just ditching some of the really processed makeup products and, and getting getting your makeup at whole foods or um there's there's a shampoo that I loved by love by a Cure instead of getting all all these chemicals in your hair um, you know, you can use a natural shampoo that'll make your hair just as beautiful and shiny and and smell good.
1: What's the brand of the shampoo?
3: It's called Acure, A C U R E, and they sell it at Whole Foods.
2: It okay. smells really it good.
3: So they have um, shampoo for people with with you know dry hair and people with with oily hair like mine. So
1: um, Ooh, they've got okay. a lot of options. I am a daughter and a granddaughter of hairdressers, so I'm very picky about my hair stuff because it's got to look good. So I'm going to try that. We'll see. (laughs) Because a lot of the natural stuff, it's like my hair just looks like a wet mop, you know?
3: (laughs) You know, I I felt the same way with a lot of those, and I went through, like, every single shampoo at Whole Foods, and it was, you know, you you should have seen my bathroom, and my poor husband was just like, seriously?
5: (laughs) And I I ended (laughs) up
3: with a whole giant bag of, you know, of giveaway shampoos because they just didn't work out. but. Yeah, the Acure shampoo works works pretty nicely. And I think okay. their one of their conditioners won won a prize for
2: Ooh. for being one
3: of the best conditioners.
2: Cool. Well, it smells really good too. did.
1: Nice. Okay, let's take it to some callers here. So caller, and we'll keep it kinda of brief because we don't have a lot of time, so callers maybe five minutes or less. So caller from the nine eight nine, you're on Doctor Low Radio. What's your name and what is your question? Nine eight nine, are you there? Yes. Hi there. What's your name? Yes. And what's your question?
4: My name is Marilyn Anquital. Hey
1: Marilyn, what's your question?
4: My question is, um, I've been having um issues with my digestion and um fatigue and all that ever since they killed my thyroid with radioactive iodine back in two thousand six. I've been teeter tottering with my weight gain, and then this past June, I switched to Armour Thyroid, and it bottomed me right out to where I am so fatigued. I am food sensitivity. I don't sleep good. Insomnia was really bad. Anxiety really bad. So they put me in a mental hospital because they thought that um, it was all psychic going on when I knew it was to do with my thyroid not being leveled properly. And um, they put me on these psych meds and it's making me worse. And wow. my question is, my question is, these are sabotaging my my medication, my Thyroid, these two medications that they got me on. And um, I've been reading your book, Isabelle, uh, and, um, it's gave me so much information that I try to um introduce it to my doctors, and they think I'm trying to des- diagnose myself where I know that's what's going on. You hit the note, write what's wrong with me, and I wanna introduce um- be- betadine and selenium mm-hmm. yes. I want to introduce that into my diet, but will it interfere with these two psych meds that they got me on because I'm ordered to take them. If I don't take them, they will put me back in the hospital, which is sad. You know, when I know what's wrong with me. You
2: know,
4: so I was just I'm just how... I'm sorry.
2: I want to know how...
4: To. I just I, I mean food sensitivities I'm to the point where I can't hardly even eat anything. I even went on a paleo diet. Um tried everything to um get my strength back and I'm so darn weak right now. I don't even know who to talk to that'll believe me.
3: Okay. Um and may I ask what the names of the medications are?
4: Yes. The one is um it's called Clonopin but it's it's a generic brand, Colana. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And I'm on um, Seroquel, but it's a generic Seroquel. Okay. For at, yeah. for at night. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with both of those medications. And,
3: you know, and I'm just so sorry for what you're going through because, you know, what I I don't think a lot of people in the traditional medical world realize is that, Um, Both graves and Hashimoto's are autoimmune conditions. So, you know, you can remove the thyroid surgically, you can get on thyroid medications, but unless you address the underlying causes of the autoimmune Mm -hmm. condition, you can still continue to have problems. And, you know, when somebody goes through RAI, you know, a lot of times doctors might have a hard time stabilizing their medications and they're not using the right kind of you know, they're not using the right kind of reference ranges. So I think as a first step, I would really recommend that you work with a functional medicine doctor like like Dr. Lauren, who will listen to you and who will, you know, who will look at all of these underlying causes that could be resulting in all of your symptoms. A lot of people might Mm -hmm. have something like H. pylori, which causes them... Okay, yeah, so that's something that, um, you know, has been implicated in Hashimoto's. It's something that can suppress our stomach acid making making us yeah. really um, tired. It makes you have a really hard time with digesting your foods. Yeah. So, um, so the betaine with pepsin can kind of help but it's not going to kill off the bacteria. So you know, I would wor- recommend working with a doctor like that. There's um, Dr. Kelly Brogan in New York and she's an um, integrative psychiatrist who who basically talks about you know what you're going through that she sees a lot of thyroid patients go through the same thing um, mm-hmm. and and you know and I'm not sure if you can refer your current doctors and let her, let them know about her work because oftentimes thyroid disorders masquerade as mental illness and and really getting mm-hmm. that thyroid optimized is something that a lot of psychiatrists in the know that are very well trained in this they will really look at stabilizing your thyroid. And then the mm-hmm. doctors that, you know, like Dr. Lauren that takes the extra step will really look at some of the underlying causes. So like this low stomach acid, um, selenium yeah. has been something that has been positive in both Graves' disease and in Hashimoto's, as well as the contain yeah. with pepsin. Um, You know, of course, I would want you to check with your own doctor and pharmacist as far as Drug interactions, um, there are not drug interactions between those. To my knowledge, the betaine should be spaced out from thyroid medications because it may make you absorb them quicker. But, yeah, I would definitely want to have you talk to your pharmacist about that, about it's, it's those kind of drug interactions. But,
4: it's something that I have been introducing because I have seen a doctor down in Wald Lake, uh, Michigan, um he is a holistic doctor, chiropractic doctor, and okay. he has been treating me until um, they switched. Well, he's the one that found that I had H. pylori and a leaky gut. And um, grade disease is what I had at first. Then it went with um, hypo, hyper. Then it went to hypo when they killed my thyroid with radioactive iodine and they put me on mm-hmm. a little Well, Come to find out, I was allergic to the compound of what holds the, the filler of what holds the TH4 and TH3 together, you know. Mm. It yeah, that happens and I wasn't absorbing what the benefits of it because of the allergy reaction to the filler. So then I'm the one that said, please will you put me on Armour Thyroid to my doctor, my medical doctor, and she wasn't all for it at first, and I said, please. So I called the endocrinologist in Ann Arbor, and he told me to start out at milligrams. Well, that bottoms me right out, and right now I'm only taking 60, so I'm still so fatigued. I am so weak that nobody believes what's going on with me is really what's going on. I think it's all in my head. They told me I'm delusional trying to diagnose myself. You know, and, and, and I'm so really sorry for
3: I'm so sorry hurt. for the way that you're being treated. You know, you deserve much better and I hope that you will find a doctor that will will listen to you and that'll treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Um, you know, I know mm-hmm. Dr. Lauren works with, with patients, um, and another resource is you can go to your local compounding pharmacy and, and ask them who are the open-minded mm-hmm. doctors in your area, because you know, you deserve better, and you deserve to have somebody on your team that's going to listen to you and, and let you be a part mm-hmm. of your own healthcare team, and, and you know, you're the patient, so you're the one that knows what's going on with you better mm-hmm. than somebody that's using right. you for,
4: for 15 minutes See, every about- We took
1: out a lot. Sorry, Marilyn. I'm sorry. I need to jump in, and uh, we need to move on to the next caller. So um, I just recommend to go and check out the website drlaurennoel.com, and uh, send me a message, and we can continue the discussion. If you would like to maybe do some testing, or you can also check out um, Isabella's website as well. But we got to keep it moving, my dear. All right. So let's go and take it on to the next caller. We have caller from the five four zero. You're on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name, and what's your question?
5: Hi, my name is Stephanie, um, and I actually have recently been diagnosed with Hashimoto's within the last year. um, I had went to my doctor just kind of generally not feeling well with some of the the common symptoms that you had mentioned earlier. Um, She decided to run the thyroid antibodies test, um, which came back um, elevated, and um, I, to make a long story short... Um, I was placed on um, Synthroid and diagnosed with Hashimoto's um, because of some other tests that were done along with ultrasound and I had a thyroid aspiration done and and those kinds of things. Um, The Synthroid, um, at first I started to feel better. Um, um, I was on 25 milligrams of that and then I went up to 50 and currently now I'm on 75. But it just seems like the it i'll feel better for a while and then and then i don't and the main issue that i'm having um is um is fatigue and um brain fog like i cannot remember anything and it's gotten really bad um to the point where you know at work i have been you know my performance has not been as as i know that i can do um at work and um at that point, actually, let me back up. Before that, I was placed on Adderall before I was diagnosed with the thyroid mm-hmm. with Hashimoto's, and I'm wondering um, if my question is, is is with Adderall is do you see patients that take Adderall? Is it a negative or is it? I, I don't know if I'm actually need to be taking that. I do find that it did help in the beginning, and it does kind of help you know it does help but i don't know if that's really addressing the main problem and i don't know if it's making it worse um i also had some vitamin deficiencies as well vitamin d um i can't seem to get enough vitamin d um which i think i'm realizing now in some of the research that i've done on my own is that vitamin d can also be a big factor in um, you know, just kind of that brain fog and and just and being fatigued and things like that. So I am doing some supplements. Um, I was tested for gluten sensitivities just by a standard blood test and was told that I was fine as far as was not didn't have any gluten sensitivities. And the, which leads me to my next question. It's very hard to find a doctor. I went from my primary doctor to an endocrinologist, and the endocrinologist thought out told me he only goes by TSH level. So if your THS level is within normal limits, then, you know, he's going to treat me based on that. And I'm just, I, I, I my other question is, is, what type of doctor do you suggest to see um, an, an endocrinologist um, or, I, I'm, I'm kind of new to this, so I don't know what type of doctor would understand and run the type of tests that need to be, you know, that needs to be done on me um he did check my b12 and like um, um some other things my b12 was 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 fine um my ferritin levels were kind of low um which i think i believe it was um a 15 which is on the lower side of normal um it's within normal but it's on the lower side so um he did suggest that i take um iron sulfate though i am taking iron supplements and vitamin D and as of right now that's it. And I'm taking my synthroid and my um Adderall and I was I'm also taking some medication for anxiety, um, because my anxiety would get like just so bad. I, I I think that the what what led me to this whole crash of my health is just some stress that I went through last year. I mean, I was generally pretty healthy up until all this stress happened in my life and, um, you know, my mother does have MS, so I am realizing now that that is a genetic factor with my mom's autoimmune disorder or her her disease and having MS that, um, you know, I feel like something has been switched on in me because I have never had these kind of problems that I'm experiencing now in my life. And um, so those are my questions, and I'm sorry for kind of ragging it out, but if, if you can um, help me with that, I would appreciate it.
3: So sure, so we've got a, a kind of a lot to cover, so we'll talk fast. And definitely vitamin D is something that's been implicated in autoimmune disease. Your target should be 60 to 80 across, um, if you're testing your vitamin D levels, it should be somewhere between 60 and 80 to um, have optimal thyroid
5: function and optimal immune system function. Okay, so mine, you, you would want to work. Mine was a 12, well, and then it went up to a 23.
3: Yeah, so you want to keep working on that and talk to your doctor or pharmacist about, you know, getting on a higher dosage of vitamin D. And the the one I recommend is vitamin D3,
2: and that's an over-the-counter
3: that you would want to get. Um, As far as gluten sensitivity, you know, we see a lot of false negatives. So I've seen a lot of people who have um, negative tests for gluten, but then they get off of it, and holy cow, their whole world changes around, and all of a sudden, you know, they just feel amazing. So that's something that I would even say for for everybody just just go ahead and try it for for a month and see how how you do going gluten free because it just made be a big difference. So I, I know a woman who was able to reverse you know four or five autoimmune conditions by going gluten free, even though all of her other tests were negative. Um, okay. As far as the type of physician, I would highly recommend working with a functional medicine doctor like Dr. Lauren. So functional medicine doctors, they will look at the root causes of your condition. So rather than, you know, saying, okay, you've got a symptom, let's give you a medication, they'll say, why is this happening in your body? Is it a nutrient deficiency? You know, a lot of times what happens, what you're describing is exactly how autoimmune conditions develop is you have the genetic susceptibility, then you get stressed out, and then um, the stress causes you to pick up some sort of an infection and then the infection acts as your trigger and you know and when you're eating gluten then you have the intestinal permeability so sort of this perfect storm manifests itself where you've just got um you know this perfect storm of of your immune system no longer recognizing you um as far as iron i would want to make sure that you take it at least 4 hours apart from your thyroid medication otherwise it can impact the absorption Selenium has been helpful at 200 micrograms a day in reducing thyroid antibodies as well as anxiety. Another thing that people have found helpful with anxiety is balancing their blood sugar, making sure they get protein and fat with every meal and limiting their carbohydrate intake. And then, let's see, And I think you had one more question.
1: Um, Actually, you know, I think we're going to have to keep moving on with... Uh, the next caller. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for your question and highly, highly, highly recommend working like, like um, Isabella said with the functional medicine doctor because, for example, being put right on Synthroid is wouldn't be my first choice. Um, Synthroid is a synthetic form of only T4, so that's making, you know, it's it, your body is having to convert it into T3, which is the active form of the hormone. So that, for one, might be a problem. You might not be converting it very well. One thing that's important to make that conversion happen is iron. Your ferritin at 15 is very low. I like to see ferritin about a 70. So I think you're very low in iron, so that conversion isn't going to happen as well. It Also, re- you really need selenium to make that conversion happen. So that's another potential deficiency. Um, and the fact that your doctor only looks at TSH, um, no disrespect to your doctor, but I think you should change doctors because he's looking at the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot more to the problem. Um, So I just would highly recommend to do some digging. Um, I work with patients all over the country. There's also a great website, ACAM.org. That's A-C as in cat, A-M as in Mary.org. Those are functional medicine doctors, either naturopathic doctors or medical doctors who are trained in more natural kinds of medicine. So that would be something in your area if you want to find someone local. Okay, I'm going to take one more caller, and then we're going to wrap up our interview. So um, caller from the 325 Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and what's your quick question?
2: Three two five, you there? What's your name? Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm here. My name is Dana. Hey Dana. Hi. Hey,
1: and also you can you mute mute your radio because we can hear it um on the air. So if you can turn oh, that okay. volume down. <laughs> it's a common common okay.
2: thing. <laughs> okay, great. I'm so Happy I got through. Um yay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's um last year, so just about a year ago. And I quit doing gluten, um in May. So that's June, July, August, September. So just about five months. And so and I've lost twenty two pounds just from doing that. Wow, great. Which is awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, I, um, my gynecologist actually um, found out that I had Hashimoto's. I, I was severely um, fatigued, um, very bad, and so as she put me on, um I asked her to put me on armor, because when she told me I had Hashimoto's, I was trying to find out what this means, and so I found out that armor was good to be put on, um, but then I asked to be put on Naturethroid because I learned that the the levels um, in Naturethroid are more um, correct. They're not. They don't vary so much in the in the. I, I don't know. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, okay. they're more.
3: Um, yeah. Standardized. Oh.
2: Yes. Yes. So I've been on that for about a month, and um, still um, I'm I'm feeling better, but I am um, you know I'm going to be getting your book. I'm very interested in the selenium and the um, the uh, the enzymes, different enzymes. Um, I have a mold test here that I, I'm going to do to see if there's mold in this house. Um, my ears. Um, are really ringing a lot, and and I don't really know why that's happening. But um, I still have a um, very low energy, and um, and so I'm going to be go, going to go see a, a natural doctor on Friday. He uh, put me on a, a coconut milk um, smoothie in the morning in June. And so that's actually helped keep my blood sugar pretty stable but but I'm really getting tired of drinking that and so whenever I try not to have that um I notice that my blood sugar my blood sugar gets really low and then it and then it just wrecks me the whole rest of the day and so um, right now I'm just kind of dealing with my blood sugar and energy still So I don't I guess I don't really have any major questions except for if maybe you know could be ringing in the ears but i'm just i'm learning i've been trying to listen to you know the the um the health seminars that they've been having um you know trying to find out about you know this uh, Hashimoto's and, and how we can make it better yeah so the ringing in the ears
3: that can be um that can be a symptom of the attack on the thyroid because as it's happening, the the thyroid gland may vibrate, and that can kind of, you know, that's close to your vocal cords, and that may send a sound into your ears. So that, that could be a symptom of that. Um, you know, and I would encourage you to keep working with your doctor. I have a blog post called um, Overcoming Hashimoto's Fatigue on the thyroid pharmacist website if you do a search for that. Um, that will give you some tips okay. and maybe you could print it out and take it to your doctor for some, some places to look at.
2: Okay. Can I have that um, blog again and the website?
3: It's thyroidpharmacist.com. And then um, if you want to look for Overcoming Hashimoto's Fatigue, I have some okay. about 10 different things you could look into and print it off and have your doctor, um, you know, go through that with you.
2: Okay. I'll do that. Great, thanks for your so, question. So you, oh, you you're welcome. So you're, the ringing is actually not a good thing? Yeah, it
3: could be re- related to the autoimmune attack on the thyroid.
1: Okay, thanks so much for your question. we got to wrap up the show. Isabella, are there any other things you wanted to cover um, I think a lot of the questions I was going to ask you we covered in the in the callers' questions, which is great. I love when that happens. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanna I wanna definitely make sure we end on you know a real empowering and positive note. I want sometimes after the shows people can just go, oh my god, there's so many things that I can you know look into or things that I should start doing right away and try to do everything at once. But let's get really like you know simple, some simple takeaways. What are maybe like five things that listeners can do now? If you have Hashimoto's, you'd suspect it. What are just maybe some simple takeaways?
3: You know, one of the ones that can make you feel better right away is balancing your blood sugar. So having a green smoothie for breakfast, getting some coconut milk like the last caller talked about, um, putting an avocado in there as well as some um, maybe some pea protein, or I also like to use the beef protein from Design for Health. Um, mm. Putting that together for you, just having that throughout the day, maybe having some avocados, maybe having some coconut oil throughout the day, and limiting your impact—you know, your intake of of really sugary, starchy, sweet things—that can really make a big difference in your energy levels, in your mood, in your anxiety levels. I would start with with something as simple as that as as, you know a green smoothie packed with good fats and protein and and low in carbs. You off for breakfast. Um, I have a recipe thyroidpharmacist.com if you Google green smoothie or um, I think it's it's avocado smoothie or green smoothie or something like that. And then looking at getting your um, selenium levels. So, you know, you want to check with your doctor, but 200 micrograms daily of selenium has been a helpful dosage for most people, and that helps with anxiety, helps with the thyroid conversion, helps with um, reducing thyroid antibodies. Looking at going gluten-free and dairy-free, you know, that is something it took me a year to do. And when I actually went gluten and dairy-free, I was like, why did it take me so long? So it makes such a big difference in your health and, you know, you, you deserve to get better, and I, you know, as much as I recommend working with a functional medicine doctor, you know, they, they can tell you what to do, but you're the one that needs to take action for yourself. So, um, you know, learn as much as you can about the condition, uh, find a great functional medicine doctor, and then just start taking baby steps. You know, maybe go gluten-free, maybe um, remove the fluoride from your toothpaste, and Little by little, you're going to get better and better.
1: And also get your book, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis. I love it. It's my number one book for, for really the thyroid. And because most of the time, if you have a low thyroid, it's Hashimoto's. So it's just important to know about this condition. And, and 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 also, too, I don't know if we said this, but the antibodies aren't always positive, even if you do have this, right?
3: Right. We didn't talk about that. So, yeah, some people can have no antibodies that are showing up in their blood, but if you um, do a thyroid ultrasound on them and you look at their thyroid, it'll show changes consistent with Hashimoto's. But for whatever reason, they might not have the antibodies. So, you know, if you're having all these symptoms we talked about, if you're having low thyroid, then, you know, talk to your doctor about doing a thyroid ultrasound.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. All right, my dear, do you have any parting words before we let you go and and uh, go to sleep <laughs> sometime
3: soon? <laughs> um. You
1: know, thank you so much for
3: having me. It's been such a pleasure. I'm a big fan of your work, and I'm grateful for what you do um, for Hashimoto's patients. Um, I know know you're one of the doctors that I recommend. And, you know, for the listeners at home, I just want you to know that you deserve to get better and, you know, take charge of your own health, invest in your own health, and be kind to yourself because you deserve it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We all know our bodies best, you know, and honor that. If you have a feeling that something's off, you know, even if your doctor says everything looks fine or your labs are in range or whatever, you you know that when something's off. So keep looking for answers and podcasts like this, and you know, just really to educate yourself. So it's really good, Isabella. Thank you so much for being my guest. Have a wonderful night. Say hello to Michael, and I uh, hope to see you real soon.
3: Hey, thank you so much, Lauren. I wish I could make your party. Oh, <laughs> <This is> amazing. <laughs>
1: We'll party another time, for sure.
3: Okay. Sounds great. Congratulations on a full year.
1: Thank you. Have a great night. You as well. Bye, Lauren. Bye. All right, you guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. For the callers we couldn't get to, I'm sorry. You're welcome to call again next week. I do my show every Tuesday, every Tuesday at 6 o'clock Pacific time, so definitely check me out next week. And, um, of course, check out thyroidpharmacist.com for Isabella's work and then Um Have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will check you guys next week. Bye.